So turn to your neighbor, and I want you to say who you think is a, one of the greatest leaders that you can think of. Like, dead or alive, one of the greatest leaders that you think that you can think of. <laughs> Yell out some of the names that you're throwing down. Jesus. G okay, there's the church answer. Jesus, yeah, okay. Fantastic, absolutely. Gandhi, okay. Abraham Lincoln, yes, you finally got that in. All right. Steve Jobs, Caesar. There, there's a lot of them, right? Um, anybody else have a, have a favorite leader? Martin Luther King, good deal. Um, now, now I want you to do the same thing. Turn to your neighbor, and I want you to, what are some things that describe a great leader? Like, what is it about? Well, what makes a leader great? All right? What do you think is, makes a leader awesome? So Katie says, honesty. Y'all have some other things you guys are talking about. Serving. Okay, good. Credibility. Anybody else? Oh, I got a lot there. What's that? Willing to lead? The oh, the ability to lead. Yeah, well, there you go. You got to kind of have that. That's for sure. Now, I don't know if you know this, but we, um, I have a lot of history with the Leadership Summit, about 15 years. It's, they've invested in my life, um, and, and I, I wanted to see if we could bring it here. I mean, it really didn't make any sense to have it here um, because, you know, we're not a massive venue, um, but they said yes. Uh, it was a good day. They're having a good day. They said yes. And we, we had um, 100 and, about 116 registrations. And so that was a huge win for us. Um, and we, it's been a lot of planning. It's been a ton of work uh, to bring the summit here. And we created a summit mission statement. And that mission statement says this. Um, leader, the leadership summit mission is to inspire and equip diverse world-class leaders that ignite transformation. Now, there is some notes on the back of your news and events um, that you can fill in along the way if you'd like to, be, if you're that person that you want to fill in the blank. Studies show that you'll remember more if you do so. But this was our mission statement. We said, we want to bring the summit here so we can inspire and equip diverse world-class leaders that ignite transformation. And I believe that we saw that happen. We saw the seed of that happen on Thursday and Friday. I think we've got a couple of pictures here um, of folks from this, uh, this week. If you want to pop up, there's a, here's a video of our crowd that we took. Um, everybody kind of doing the wave, which was super, super fun. Um, very, very cool. Um, we had a bunch of people. We had another one. This was kind of like we were able to open the door. The next day, we got some folks here that were awesome. Um, we were able to see um, diversity in the crowd. This is our tech team. Let's hear it for our tech team. There was a lot of work, um, and this was uh, uh, we had probably about 40 volunteers. It was just awesome, and and I really believe that we were right at that point of seeing that mission happen. Now, today I want to look at, now I could have I looked at a lot of different people in the Bible to kind of get my point across, but the one thing that we learned very early on at the summit is this, is that leadership 
is influence, and everyone has influence, which means if everyone has influence and influence is leadership, it means that all y'all are a leader. Say, I am a leader. Now, my, my hope is that between now and the end of this message and the end of today, that you'll be convinced that you are a leader and that the Holy Spirit would do that in your heart. Because I'm convinced that not all of us believe that we are actually leaders. It may be that we're too young to be a leader, we think. Or we think that we're too old to be a leader. Or we think that because we're not the boss, we're not a leader. But my, my hope and my prayer is that you would see yourself as a leader because that's what God is saying to you today, I believe. So um, I want to look at Acts 2 um, and, and verse 41 in just a second. And before I do, I want to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for today. Thank you for all my friends that are here. And God, I pray that we would be able to do the work of understanding, Lord God, what it takes to be one of the best leaders in our own world. Lord, I pray, God, that you would open our hearts, open our minds, and that you would unpack some of the things that we've believed about ourselves that are not true and allow us to shed those today. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. So we look at this, this person that I want to look at is Peter. And like I said, I could have picked so many different folks. We could have looked at Moses. We could have looked at Abraham. We could have looked at so many. But Peter, for me, seemed to be the guy that I wanted to focus on. And, and you know, Peter was amazing. I mean, imagine this. Imagine that in the course of your lifetime, okay, that you are able to be the catalyst to seeing thousands of people give their heart to Christ. Let me say that again. Imagine that your life, over the course of your lifetime, that you could see thousands of people give their lives to Christ and follow Jesus. And, and, you know, some of us are older, and we're like, you know what, man, that's a lot of people in a short amount of time, Joe. Um, and some of us are younger, and you have so much life, and you're like, okay, well, that's still a lot, it's a long time. But what if I were to tell you this? What if I were to say, over the next couple of years, imagine, what if, over the next couple of years, you could be the catalyst for thousands of people giving their life to Christ, to, to stepping over the line of faith and putting Jesus first. Imagine. Maybe that seems like a long time. Like, man, well, what if I were to tell you this? Imagine what if your life, you could see over the next couple of months, you could see people, thousands of people, give their life to Christ and to believe in God because of you. Imagine, if you can't go there, imagine it's getting really worse. What if I said over the next couple of days, what if I told you, what would it look like for you to be the catalyst for thousands of people to give their lives to Christ? Let's just go one more. What if you could see thousands of people come to Jesus in one day because of what God does in your life? What if you were able to say, you know what, it doesn't matter what I've done it doesn't matter what I've believed about myself that's been wrong. What I need to know is when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of me, anything is possible. You see, I think that for us, we don't believe that this could be true of us, and I believe that it could be true of any one of us. It was true of Peter. 
Acts 2.41, after he, he, the Holy Spirit descends upon the upper room and he's empowered and emboldened by the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is amazing. It says that those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000 came to give their lives to God in one day. Don't say it can't happen. But I want us to understand something about Peter. And if you're doing the notes, we got to know this. Back to the submission statement, Peter was inspired, right? I mean, holy cow, Peter was equipped. And Peter ignited transformation. I mean, when you see 3,000 people give their lives to Christ, this is amazing stuff. He ignited transformation. This is awesome. This is amazing. So maybe the message today is super short, and I just say to you, go do that. Go find thousands of people and start preaching, and then just see what God does, and start counting so we can see if it's 3,000 or not. I'm going to tell you, not so fast. Not so fast. Because remember, many of us are imagining ourselves as like not a leader, I'm guessing today. And for sure, not a Peter. But let me tell you, I think that we might have more in common with Peter than we think. Because here's what's interesting. What else was true about Peter? Well, let's think about it. He was the first to get out of the boat. But he also sank in the water. And Jesus said, why did you doubt? Why did you have such little faith? That's kind of stings. You know, when Jesus, like, your master, your guy, like he says that to you. Um, you know, Jesus was talking at one point in, in Matthew 16 about the fact that, you know, he was going to go to the cross. He was going to die, and he, this was going to happen. And Peter kind of kind of said, hey, Jesus, let's have this private conversation. And he's like, no, that's not going to happen. And then Jesus turns and says, get behind me, Satan. Ooh. Like, he was rebuked by Jesus. And then he, in John 18, he's in the garden where Jesus is betrayed, and he freaks out, and he cuts a guy's ear off. How many of you guys know that if somebody cut somebody's ear off today, we would all be freaking out right now, right? You're like, hey, you know, just over here, don't, don't, don't pay attention. We just got an ear on the floor, you know? <laughs> or, or how about the fact that after, as Jesus is going to the trial and the crucifixion and all that's happening, he denies Jesus three times. So what do we know? Peter doubted. Peter was rebuked. Peter was a little crazy. And Peter denied Jesus. What do we know about Peter? Peter was broken. He had a broken story, man. He, he was messing up every time you turn around in the Gospels. He's like constantly like not getting it. But something happens. It's kind of like in Acts 2 when, when the Holy Spirit comes. It's almost like Peter before Holy Spirit, not a great leader, maybe, but after Holy Spirit, empowered. Bold, preaching, thousands saved. And I wonder if something about the Holy Spirit and an experience with that is what we need.
You know, it's one thing to say, hey, I believe. It's another thing to allow the Holy Spirit to empower you and to invite the Holy Spirit to empower you every single day. Peter was broken. And I think that our brokenness, our brokenness is what holds us back because here's what I will tell you. I think that we need more leaders in the world. Does anybody believe that? We need more leaders and we need better leaders. A couple of photos to give you an idea. Far away. This is Hong Kong. Tear gas being shot. Another photo, Syria. Still going on, guys. People are searching. A headless Buddha. Huh. How, about, how about the next slide? It's fine. This is Dayton, Ohio. We need more leaders. Next photo, El Paso. People are searching. We need more leaders. We need better leaders. We need more leaders. We need better leaders. We need to see ourselves as leaders because leadership is influence and we all have influence. And we learn so much at the Leadership Summit. We learn so much. Um, I don't know if these slides will show up. There's, there's so many good things. This one says, if you are not inspired, you cannot inspire. Um, we learned a lot. Maybe go to the next one, see if I can read it. Don't downgrade your dream to match your reality. Upgrade your faith to match your destiny. Some of you that were here are excited to see and to see some of these, these things come back around, right? Because this is jogging our memory. Um, give me another one. See if we can see it. It says, I cannot control whether or not you like me, but I can control whether I'm likable. Another one. This, is, this was a fan favorite, Liz Bohannon. She said, courageous leaders, no mastery and competency isn't the end goal. The goal is to constantly learn, even when you've achieved mastery. A lot of our students wanted to read her book. Next one. Um, this one is by Patrick Lencioni. My hope is that someday people won't talk about servant leadership because that will be the only type of leadership that exists. Using the word servant and leader in the same phrase is redundant. I love that. I think there might be one more. As leaders, we are called to see potential in people when others only see problems, hope when others see chaos, opportunities when others see obstacles. Awesome quote, right? This is what we need in our world. Is there one more? Awesome. You guys remember this guy? So this is, I, I don't, I, I'm going to, his name is Jing Jang, um, but you can change yourself by leaning into your fear and embracing your fear. This guy did a hundred days of rejection. Every day he got up and he went and he tried to get rejected once a day for 100 days straight. And I'll just tell you, this talk was hilarious. I want to, I want to hang out with this guy. So at the beginning, he would ask for like a burger refill at a restaurant, and he would get rejected, right? Um, but he said over time, what ended up happening is that he start, people started saying yes, and it was really frustrating him. 
So he, he just wanted to like, be able to check the box that he was rejected and he could move on. And so he went to someone's house, knocked on their door, wearing soccer cleats, soccer shin guards, and had a soccer ball. And he asked the stranger, he said, can I play soccer in your backyard? And the guy looks at him, and he's like, sure. <laughs> so he goes to the backyard to play soccer, but he's by himself. Like, how do you play soccer? So he's just kind of like kicking the ball in the backyard. He didn't know what to do. He also waved down a police officer one day. And he said, the guy was like, didn't want to stop. He's like, finally, I pulled over the police officer. And he said, roll down your window. He said, um, I just was wondering if I could drive your car. And the police officer, he, he, the, 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 the guy, he goes, I don't want to like, like run away and race away with it. I just kind of want to drive it around a little bit and listen to the radio. And the police officer looks at him and goes, you know, I've never been asked this question, um, so sure. And so, so he, he gets in the police car and drives around. And he has photos of all of this stuff on his website. Hilarious. Like, literally, I may show up to your house with a soccer ball just to see, you know? Like, hey, can I play soccer in the backyard? But this is the type of stuff that we were able to learn. I wonder, did any, uh, like, shout out to me if you came to the, to the summit this week. Holler, holler. Does anybody have like anything that they'd like to share that they got out of the summit that really spoke to them? But you got to come up here so we can hear you because I have a mic right here. Come on, Penelope. I don't know. Whatever you just said. Okay. So what, do you remember who's, who said what you said? No. Yeah, it was Liz. Liz said to dream small because dreaming big gives you more like I think she said something about like options, like if you were, I don't know, she said like it's easier to dream small and like get the goals like met and reach your goals when you don't have as big of something that you're looking forward to like reaching, I guess. Yeah, good, 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 good. Let's go for Kennedy. Anybody else? You got to come up here, come on now. Give it up for Katie Brundage, yeah. Miss Catherine. You said you were going to go, and you went, right? Yes. Um, originally, I didn't want to come. I thought, I'm too old to be a leader. It, my days are past. But I really thought this was awe-inspiring and made me laugh and made me cry. But it also, quite a few of the speakers said, you're not done until you're done. So no matter what God has planned for me, maybe I'll live to be 100. I don't know. But... In that time, there's a chance I can lead someone to Christ. And that's what it's all about. I may not lead 1,000, 3,000, but if I can do one or two, God's happy with that. Mm. Anybody else? Any other inspirations? No? Um, the interesting thing about the summit for me is that it was a 1,000% selfish move. I don't know. I want to do a talk someday about how leaders need to be selfish sometimes and somehow figure out how to make that true. But I did. I mean, <laughs> but here's why I believe that. It's because 
yeah, it was cool to have these people like being dumbfounded by the warehouse, and it was cool to have like a diverse crowd, which was really great. It was all good. It was awesome. But to be honest with you, the reason why I wanted the summit to be here was for you guys. Yeah, it's because I really, really believe in what the summit does, and it's what it does is it, it elevates our thinking around who we are and the impact we can have and the fact that we're all leaders. I told you I've got a long history with the summit. I, I used to do, in a former life, I did the branding and the marketing for the Leadership Summit back in the day, and I worked with the people that produced the event. And I was surrounded, like imagine the people that, the leaders that are creating the Leadership Summit, right? Like these are the people that I'm hanging out with, that we're talking, and, we're, and they invested in me. And the reason why we see things like Historia and the fact that those students, I believe those students can run that thing with Jekka, is a lot has to do with what I've been invested in by things like the Leadership Summit. The reason why we're like, crazy enough to start a church or to go do provision lab or to figure out how to open up a child care center in our children's ministry area and put the building to work five days a week, really seven days a week, is because of the, the leadership investment that I've received from Leadership Summit. And I, I, I've tried to get folks for, to go with me to the summit, but when it was here, I was like, now you don't have much of an excuse because it's here. It's here. And now we can all share this experience together. And here's the reason why, is because I'm cursed with this view of you. When I look out into the crowd, I don't see all these people with these different levels of talent, yes, maybe, but whatever. But the point that I see is I see every one of you. I see leaders. I see leader. I see leader. I see, I, it's just how I see you. I can't see you any other way. It's why I believe in the students to be able to do what they're doing. It's why I, I, I challenge them on Wednesday nights to stop thinking that you can't do it. It's because your age is actually your advantage. Like you have so much going for you. Believe in yourself. You can lead. And, and then for my friends like Catherine, where we prayed over there, what was it, like a couple months ago, where she was discouraged. And I said, listen, you are not done yet. You are still a leader. You've always been a leader, and you have forgotten that. And so that's the idea. The question I have is why? Why don't we believe this? Why don't we lead? And I think that Danielle Strickland said something that was really good, and there's a slide of her, I think. And um, she said this. She said, transformational change, like being able to see change in our lives, involves getting to the deeply rooted beliefs which feed values, create actions, and lead to results. You see, I think the reason why we don't do it is because we have a deeply rooted belief that we're not a leader. And in order, the work is to dig into that deeply rooted belief system that says we are not a leader and to break that idea to see that it doesn't matter where we are on the, the, the pecking order, of where we are on the org chart. It doesn't matter where we are in the season of life, but you are a leader, and we need more leaders. Your world needs more leaders. There's this uh, research that they did 
one of the guys did. It was the 10-80-10 principle. I don't know if you guys remember this. The 10-80-10 principle basically means that if somebody were to cut someone's ear off right now, right? That's tragic. What would happen, research shows, is that 10% of us would emerge as leaders in that situation. So, like, Nicolette's a nurse, so she'd be like, oh, let me go get a tourniquet. No, not a tourniquet. Um, but she might emerge as a leader. You don't want a tourniquet on your head, no. Some of you are like, yeah, that's a good idea. No. 10% of us would emerge as leaders. You got that? The other 10%, like the final 10%, would start doing something negative. That would be like Pat. He'd probably run away screaming or something. I don't know. <laughs> or laughing. Or something, something that was not helpful. You know, like not helpful. But then the 80%, the 80% in the middle, 10% emerging leaders, 10% do something negative, 80%, you know what they did? Nothing. Nothing. I believe, and my hope, is that we are made up of that 10% that would emerge as leaders. It doesn't mean that you are a leader by title. It doesn't mean that you're the police officer or the firefighter. You're not the first responder. It's an emerging leader. It means that it's someone who sees a problem and begins to attack it, begins to go after it, begins to allow that inspiration to inspire others. And this is complicated, right? Because you can't be a leader and steamroll people. You can't be a leader and manipulate people. You can't be a leader and, and try to get your way or to delegate and to tell people how this, do this, do this, do this. Being a leader is being a servant. And being a leader is tricky business because you have have to figure out how to be a leader when there are people who are around you that you may never be able to give them a paycheck. But somehow we're going to lead and we're going to begin things. Or we're going to start movements and we're going to start to see change ignited in our world around us. Maybe, mom, it's just in your little family that you've just started. Maybe it's just that, but you're a leader. I think that um, the idea that Peter could go from being a guy who was rebuked by Jesus, who doubted, who was told that, that he had little faith, that he denied Jesus three times. Like, this guy is a mess to the fact that he would preach the way that he would do. And then in, he would write the first and second Peter and some of the things he would say that you have everything that you need for godliness. So it's the mindset. It's digging into that mindset and saying, I need to break that belief system. So here's, here's something that happened on Facebook this week. And hi to all of our live streamers. You guys are awesome. So I'm friends with someone on, on Facebook. I don't know her really well. Um, you know how like, you have friends and you're like, I, I kind of remember somehow friending her, accepting that at some point. I know. And something tragic happened in her life. They were on vacation. Her and her husband were on vacation. And I, there's not a lot of detail, obviously, on social media. But she w communicated that her husband passed away while they were on vacation. Tragic. And just the, man, just the strength that she has in in this moment, even though you know that it's tearing her apart, the words that she has 
and this, the description of him and all that. It's just amazing. But you know and you can tell that it's brokenness that's, that's coming from. And she said something that I had a reaction to. And this is what she said. She said, nothing in my life has prepared me for this moment. And I had a reaction to that. I said, nothing in your life has prepared you for this moment. And you know what? I just feel like I, maybe it was just for me, and maybe it was just for us, is what I, I really felt like I wanted to say to her if she was in the room. I'm obviously not going to post this to her. But if she was with me, I would say, you know what? You have faith. You serve a big God. Let me just change one word in your sentence. Don't say nothing has prepared you for this moment. Say that everything in your life has prepared you for this moment. Peter said, you have everything that you need. You have everything that you need. I believe, and let me just say, like this might be a belief system that you and I disagree on. Fair. But I'm going to also challenge you to pick at this one and maybe blow it up. Because if you believe that you're in a situation and nothing has prepared you for this moment, let me tell you, everything in your life has prepared you for where you're sitting right now. And when you believe that, your confidence starts to well up. And you know that as you start this semester, everything in your life has prepared you for this moment. And so what are you going to do at this moment? We're going to lead. We're going to lead strong. And we're going to lead well. And we're going to lead by serving. This, my friends, is what we have to be convinced of. Is what Peter said. I have everything I need. Some of you know. <laughs> I don't know if I'll go here. Should I go here? So I hurt my leg a few weeks ago. Like 27 stitches strong. Um, super awesome. And everyone was like, well, did you, when you did it, did you swear? I was like, actually, no. I didn't swear. I'm not a swearer. Like, like th weird things happen or bad things happen. And I didn't swear. I was just like, that's going to that's gonna be a, that's a scrape right there. That's a scrape. And then I looked at it, and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and everyone was like, well, what did you do? What did you do? And I was like, I literally, now, you guys won't believe me, but I was, I was like, because of, of the way it happened and because of like what was like the, day, the way the day had went, like it was, a, it was a bogus day. Like it was a brutal day. And then this happened. And I was like, really? And so I literally was, I reacted and I go, well, God, so you knew this was going to happen before the day started. What am I supposed to do now? So I called my friend Emily, and I was like, she's a nurse, and I was like, what you doing? <laughs> she was like, wasn't it? And I was like, she was like, oh, just doing life. Me too. I hurt myself real bad. Um, <laughs> I think I need to see a doctor, but maybe before that, maybe you want to take a peek at it. She's like, oh, yeah, can you drive over? Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. Show was five minutes away, but it was good. Um, but, but that moment where you're like, you know what, God? 
God has, he has this beautiful dance between the sovereignty of God and our choices coming together to create an amazing, an amazing world. We need more leaders. We need better leaders. The band can come up. Because I believe that when we understand our brokenness, when we understand that God leverages that and uses that, that this is what's true. The best leaders are the broken followers. The best leaders are the broken followers. And when we realize that we're just like Peter, one of the things that Liz said, uh, Liz Bohannon said at the summit, she said, guess what? Y'all been told that you're special and you're amazing and all that stuff and all that. Guess what? You're all average. Because that's what we are. I mean, this just statistically, we're all average. But I believe that God uses that average for greatness in your world. And you can be that 10% that doesn't do nothing or doesn't do something negative, but does something and emerges as a leader. I know that all throughout this room, there are, there are leaders emerging. Um, and it's amazing. So what are we going to do? Here's what I think we're going to do. We're going to dig into what we really believe about God and about ourselves. That's number one. Like, it's cool if you just like skate out of here and grab lunch and don't think about this message. That's fine. But my challenge to you, if you're ready to do some work in this area of your life and you're tired of being a doormat and you're tired of feeling like you're just nothing, because God says a whole lot different than that. Dig into what you really believe about God and yourself. Second thing is, is to realize that we're broken. That there's things in our lives that, that haven't gone well. There's things that we've done. There's things that have happened to us. And, and I think what's even, if I could adjust that slide, I would say identify the brokenness. Because you know what God will do is he will use those broken areas of your life to actually reach others. I mean, how powerful it is for Peter to stand before people. And he's like, people could be, say, out of those 3,000, like, isn't that Peter? Isn't he the guy that denied Jesus? Isn't he the guy that is uneducated? Isn't he the guy that cut off the dude's ear? Isn't he the guy that doubted in the water? Isn't, let me tell you, there are a thousand, at least a thousand reasons why I should not be standing before you right now as a pastor and as a leader. There's a thousand reasons. But here I am. And there's a thousand reasons why God shouldn't use you because of all of your history and all the things that you're thinking, all the things that you've thought, all of that. There's a thousand, probably more for some of us, right? But guess what? He does it anyway. He does it anyway. And he will raise you up as you realize that he's the one that pulls us together and uses our brokenness and brings wholeness to us, even though we're broken. And then what do we do? This is a weird one. Step three, like step out in faith. I don't know what that looks like for you. I had like allow the Holy Spirit to use you. Like, I don't know what that means. Like, what does it allow? Like, what does this mean? But I know what it means to you. It means something. Something that God is kind of sparking in your heart to do. Something that is sparking in your heart to take a step of faith and to see what God might do in your life. Get rid of your age. Get rid of your, your situation, your reality, and allow your faith to override that because God has greatness inside of you ready to go. Do you guys believe that? Let's stand. Heavenly Father.
Lord, we're going to go into some songs right now. And Lord, they're going to build our faith. But Lord, I pray right now that as we sing, that Holy Spirit, you would begin your work. Lord, just like in the upper room, Lord God, that you would empower your people today. That you would empower us to go boldly into the world, understanding that we are a leader. Understanding that we have history, but we have a Lord that is bigger. And Lord, that you want to use us to reach the world that we can touch. Lord, you, can, you want to use every single person in this room to reach people that I can never reach. So God, I pray right now that as we sing, that number one, that you would be glorified because that will bring us pure joy to know that we've glorified your name. But Lord, I pray that you would also bless us and invest in us the belief, the strong confidence, the faith to believe what you say about us is true. And Lord, I bind Satan and the enemy and all the works that he has for us, all the chains that have bound us for years, all the lies that we've been fooled by for years, Lord, they break today. And they break as we praise you and as we worship you. Call us up and out of where we're at. Help us realize that we are a leader. This is Nathan's last Sunday here. So we're going to pray for him. and He's going to hate every minute of it. He's going to keep playing. He doesn't know what else to do. I was thinking, I was thinking about how many different instruments this guy has played on the stage. Right, so guitar, like electric, acoustic, bass, drums, cajon, keys, mandolin, your voice is an instrument, djembe, snare, tom, the tom, I don't know what I'm talking about. This guy right here, man. And he's led through it all. He's led our student music team through the last couple of years at least, right? So, yeah, two years. So I'm just going to say we don't fill holes. We work around them. But this guy's leaving a big hole. Like, we're going to miss you, man. But you're going to go be a leader. Belmont University, Nashville, Tennessee. What's your major? Auto engineering. Auto engineering. Duh. And so I hope to see you in Nashville very soon. I'm going to come visit you. Maybe we'll cut a, cut a track, you and me, a duet. No, no. All right, let's, will you just help me pray for this guy? Reach out your hand if you want. And the Lord, we just lift up Nathan to you. Lord, what a blessing this guy has been. Lord, to see him just grow as a musician, as an audio engineer. Lord God, to lead those other students, to lead, Lord God, us in worship even today with his voice, Lord God. Lord, I thank you for the days of the Edina Six and that crazy CD they, they recorded years ago that they sold, Lord God, for a couple of bucks. And Lord, now we see, Lord God, what you were doing all along. You have prepared him. Everything that has happened in his life has prepared him for this moment. And Lord, it is bittersweet for us because we have to say goodbye for now. But Lord, we pray that you would give him favor, that you would open doors, Lord God, that you would 
blow his mind as to what happens this year. Connect him, network him, Lord God, with other students and professors and, and those in the Nashville area, Lord God, that he would accomplish all that you have for him this year and beyond, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for his example and for his faith in you. It's inspiring to see young people just sell out for you. So, Lord, we continue just to lift him up, Lord God, as he goes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And, Lord, we pray for all the rest of us that are left behind. Lord, we're going to try to sing and we're going to try to find instruments to play. But, Lord, we are going to worship you. And, Lord, I pray, God, that you would allow us this week to be light in dark places. And, Lord, that we would see ourselves as leaders. Lord, God, as we go, may we just know that you are with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great, great week. Go out there and do something.